Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. You know, we've been speaking about vision the entire year and here we are on Sunday morning, the 23rd of April, 2023, and we're still talking about vision. I'm not sure when it's ever going to end, but it seems to me like God's been talking about vision for a couple of thousand years and He's not bored with it, so we won't be either. I do know that on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter stood up and declared to the crowd that was there on this very first birthday of the church that one of the signs of the Holy Spirit's outpouring was not just speaking in tongues or supernatural gifts or miracles, but he declared that one of the signs of the Holy Spirit at work was dreams and vision in a person's life. In other words, the Christian life is not get saved, hang around until you die, go to heaven and enjoy life ever after. Salvation is not life insurance. Uh, Salvation is buying a ticket on the greatest adventure holiday you'll ever go on in your entire life. Can you say amen? Amen. Christian life, salvation is about living lives of commitment and great purpose for a great cause. Now we've read this guy's story a couple of times, but let's go back to Abram and the beginning of his adventure with God. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And this is where it starts to get exciting for Abram. And I will make you a great nation. He's 75 right then. And he hasn't got any kids. His wife, Sarai, is 65. They've got no kids. And so God says to him, I'm gonna make of you a great nation and I'm gonna bless you. Now he's already fairly wealthy. So I wonder what he thought that blessing would possibly look like. He says further on, I'm going to make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. Watch this. It gets so large that Abram must have been pinching himself going, am I dreaming? He says, and in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And the lot went with him. That's his nephew. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I want to take you back to verse 2 where Abram hears from God, I will bless you. I'm going to bless you, man. I'm going to bless you. Now, I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of God in my life in every area. I want God's favour, I want God's grace, I want God's touch, I want God's moving, I want God's outpouring. I've seen God do a lot, but there's so much more I haven't seen. I want to see more. Can you say, I want to see more in my life? Come on, I want to hear you from your heart say, I want to, God, I want more. I'm not satisfied with memories. I'm not satisfied with monuments. I want to be satisfied by a move of the Holy Spirit in my life in Jesus' name. It's not enough that I can look back and say, look what God did. If there's so much more, He's already 
already wealthy. He's already got a good family. But God says to him, I've got more for you than you've ever imagined in your life. And I believe for every single one of us, no matter what your age and no matter what your circumstance, I believe for every single one of us, myself included, that there's so much more than anything we have hitherto known. But what does it mean to be blessed by God? What does it look like? I'll bet that Abram was excited. I'll bet he was expectant. You know, after this declaration by God, I just read through the next few chapters. Let me give you a pricey, a breakdown, a quick snapshot of the seven things that happened to Abram and his family straight after this declaration by God. I'm going to bless you. Oh, man. He went home and he said to Sarai, Oh, just wait. Just wait. Go down to the shops. Pick out the best furnishings. We're going to afford the lot. He said, don't worry about it. Start buying cots and baby clothes. God told me He's going he's to bless me. God said that He's going to uh, produce nations out of me. That must mean we're going to have kids. And so He goes home and He says to Sarah, get ready. He tells the servants, He says, make sure you build all of our storehouses twice as big. It's going to be amazing. And he's there and he's ready and it's, oh wow. And he's tossing and turning all night, dreaming, writing himself a shopping list, going, oh God, it's going to be incredible. And the first thing that happens to him in verse four is that he leaves his family. Imagine what that's like. Everybody that you've known and you've grown up with and all the people that know you and love you and have been there for you. And God says, actually, what I want to do, first of all, is just give you a bit of a disconnect from everything you've known up until now, out of the place of familiarity and comfort. I love that, I really do. Because see, I want to follow the vision of God. And if that takes me out of comfort, so be it. I mean, comfort's way overrated, trust me. There's plenty of comfort when you die. Just saying, rest all you like, amen. But you know, I think right now on earth, comfort's way overrated. You say, well, that's easy for you to say, look how comfortable you are. Well, you'd have no idea what's going on. Amen. And I want you to understand something that the first thing that happens to him after God says, I'll bless you, is he says, I want you to go. I want you to get out of where you are. I want you to leave the place of of your comfort zone and get out of there. The second thing, verse 10, is he encounters an economic downturn. Verse 10 says there was a famine in the land he's in. Well, what was that about? Hello? I thought I was going to have abundance. Famine. Chapter 13, verse 7, he has a conflict with his family. With, he's only got one with him, apart from his wife, and that's coming up a bit later. But the only one he's got is Lot, and he has a gigantic stoush with Lot, so much so that he goes, we can't even live in the same suburb. He says, I want you to go to another town. Get out of Perth, Lot. Where would you like to go? I'll give you the pick of all the land. Lot being a, a, a bit of a silly man, a bit of a carnal man, a bit of an earthly thinking man. He gets out and he goes, I like the look of that. That suits me best. He chooses it and he goes. Well, the very next thing in chapter 14 is that Lot gets taken captive and then Abram has to go and rescue him. And he's not just taken captive by a couple of ransomers. He's been taken captive by five kings. And they're all out there and they've got their armies and there goes Abram with his servants all of his employees, freshly armed. And they go out there. So far, so good. 
chapter 16, Hagar says, uh, uh, Sarah says to Abraham, maybe God's plan is that you go and, and take Hagar uh, as your mistress. And he does, she gets pregnant, Ishmael becomes the result. And look how well that's turned out in the earth. Just something for you to think about. And then, you know, Abram, listen to me, all the men, come on, I've got a little word for all the men here. He just did what his wife wanted. And after he does what his wife wanted, she gets angry at him. Come on, come on, come on, come on, men, 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 come on, men. I'm getting no support at all, you chickens. Come on, be courageous right now, you men, and say, preach it, pastor. Not a one of you, yeah, man, the women are, the women are amening me more than the men are. Think about it a minute. Hagar and Ishmael, and all of a sudden, Sarah goes, get rid of this bondwoman. Kick her out. That's his son. She says, get rid of it. Worse? How could it be worse? Chapter 17, verse 23. Abram gets circumcised at the age of 99. I'm going to move rapidly on from that one. <laughs> I do know this, that for a man who's heard from God, and he did, I will bless you. If I was him, I would have been going, ha ha. And, 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 and. Are you kidding me? Lord, where's the blessing that you said you'd bring to me? See, I don't know about you, but I think a blessing as being problem solved and easy life and lots of stuff. I think of blessing as business class not the last row of the jumbo. Yes, I've sat there. That's how I know. I think of blessing like that, but God doesn't lie. So what is it about? Now, Abram later, by the way, gets everything that he becomes one of the wealthiest men of his day. So it's not like God was not gonna ever give it to him. I just think we've got a wrong idea we think of blessing in terms of us. We think of blessing in terms of what I get and how I feel. But can I tell you, number one, the greatest blessing is of God in your life is His leading. The greatest blessing of God, listen to me, the greatest blessing you'll ever know is that the Holy Spirit leads you. Genesis 12 verse 4 says, And Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He never just said, I've got a good idea. He goes, I've got a God idea. He never just prayed and said, oh, you know, said, well, Lord, I'm going to do what I think and I hope you'll bless it. He said, Lord, what do you want? Come on, stay with me here a minute because I'm praying that that's a prayer you often pray in your life. God, what do you want? God, what do you want? Lord, what are you saying to me? God, here I've made my plans. This is where I'd like to go. But God, what do you want? Come on, if you never pray that prayer, you've stopped following Jesus and you've started watching Jesus. If you've stopped praying that prayer, you've stopped following Jesus and you've started watching Jesus. Matthew 4 verse 1, 
says then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness. Whoa, like, hello. He's just been baptised in the River Jordan by, by John the Baptist. And the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are all present in that one moment. The Father speaks from heaven. The Spirit descends on Him like a dove. And the Son is in the water. And out of that monumental spiritual explosion, the next thing that happens is Jesus is led up of the Spirit into the wilderness there to be tempted by the devil. And I reckon everybody watching him went, well, hello, where's God in this? This message this morning for all, is for all of you who are sitting there today, wherever you are, saying, but where's God in all of this? Now, I'm probably only preaching to one or two. But just in case there's three or four, let me continue. Verse 11 of that same chapter. You say, why? Well, verse 11 says this, then the devil left him. Why did the devil leave him? It's because he couldn't beat him. The devil left him. The devil never left with his head held high. The devil left with his tail between his legs, saying, I've never encountered someone like this, untemptable. I tempted him and he never failed. And it says, behold, angels came and ministered to him, but he never would have had the devil leave and he never would have had the angels minister to him if he hadn't gone up into a wilderness. You know Psalm 23, don't you? Most of us would know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 3 are a beautiful place of comfort. It's Abram at home with dad in the land of Haran. It's down there in a place of comfort, but he gets a vision and the vision always takes you away from comfort. The vision always takes you to the unknown. If vision doesn't take you to the unknown, you don't have vision. And this guy goes from there again. Are you getting the pattern? Verse four, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. You're riding your staff, they come for me. Verse five, you prepare a table before me and my head gets anointed, my cup runs over and, and, and I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy follow him. But you know, listen to me, if it had not been for verse four and the valley of the shadow of death, he would still be back reclining in the green pastures and the still waters. I don't know about you, but I don't have an appetite for still waters and reclining in green pastures. I have an appetite for a table that's spread before my enemies because they're all defeated. I've got an appetite for a head that's anointed with oil. I've got an appetite for my cup running over. I've got an appetite for goodness and mercy running after me to catch me. All the days of my life dwelling in the house of the Lord. But you don't get them without verse four. Where's the blessing of God? God, where, why am I where I am? What's going on here, Lord? We'd still be back there. And why does God allow those things to happen in our life? Why does sometimes He lead us through difficulty? It's so that we get a testimony. 
Revelation 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame him. That's the devil, by the way. If you read the context, I just read this again this morning and I'm just standing there because I, I got prompted about this verse, which I didn't even know was in the same uh, couple of sentences. And it says, and there was a war in heaven because I feel like there's a war in heaven right now. I feel like there's things that are going on in this nation. And if the church will pray, we'll come out well. And if the church won't pray, we won't. And I think we've got to make a choice. Do we beat a retreat back to green pastures and still waters? Or do we say, I'm going to keep on walking. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm going to keep on walking in Jesus' name. I'm not going backwards. No man putting to his hand of the plough and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why? Because you start getting muddled up in your steps. You close your eyes to vision and before long you're running around in circles and you've got to keep on going because up ahead is where the table is. Listen, God is not a mobile food truck. This is a powerful metaphor. God's not a mobile food van. Don't worry where you are, I'll just bring it to you. Yeah, what's your favourite? Like payaye? What about fish tacos, hamburgers, fried chicken for the Aussies here amongst us? What do you, I'll just bring it to you. You stay right where you are. The Lord doesn't ever say stay where you are. He says, follow me, follow me, follow me. But you go, but God, that's dark ahead. He goes, yeah, but wait, you see what's on the other side. Amen. They overcame it by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives under the death. Listen to me, you cannot overcome the enemy with someone else's testimony. Listen, listen, are you here this morning? Are you with me? Are you alive? Are you you receiving this morning? You cannot overcome the enemy unless you've got your own testimony. We all want to overcome with, you know, brother, whoever said, Joyce Meyer said, you can't overcome the devil with Joyce Meyer's testimony. She got her own. Amen. Are you getting your own? Amen. Amen. Some of you are looking at me like, is he all right? Has he been drinking cans of Red Bull? I want you to get this this morning. Because some of you need to say about where you are right now. Thank God I'm building a testimony. In Jesus' name. I'm building a testimony. Ha, ha, ha. I'm building a testimony. You know what's funny about that verse? Is that if you go back three verses, it says there was war in heaven and Michael and the archangels fought against the dragon and all of his followers and they kicked them out of heaven. So when he comes down to the earth, which is where this verse is, he's already a loser once. And then we read this verse. That's what's funny about it. Because the devil comes out there saying, I couldn't defeat God's angels. I couldn't beat the heavenly host. I'm going to try the earth people. I'm going to try the Christians. I'm going to see if I can defeat some of them. And he gets cast down. And instead of them running with their tail between their legs and giving up and saying, oh God, please send the rapture now, Jesus, I'll take me home. Instead of that, they overcome the wicked one by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and don't love their lives under their death. And he goes out with a gigantic L embedded in his forehead. Loser! Twice. You could be a little more excited if you want to be. All I know is this, that someone else's testimony, if it's not yours, it's just hearsay. And no court will let you admit that. Well, I heard someone say. 
I'm amazed how many people are living off someone's head. Someone said, the interweb told me. Calm down, Jeff. Mm. Number two, the blessing is not just his leading, the blessing is his abiding. It's his abiding. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, you're with me. In everything that Abram encountered, God was there right with him, if you read the story. I hear people saying, oh God, we're praying for a visitation. And I wonder what Jesus thinks when he hears that because I cannot see anywhere in the Bible where it tells me that Jesus comes to visit. Amen. Seems to me like Jesus comes to abide. John's gospel, he said this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will. He says, if any man will honour me and my father, we will come and make our abode with him. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If any person hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into them and I'll live with them. Amen. What's Jesus want to do? He's not wanting to come and turn up and give you a, a, a dash and a dab, a touch and a little tinkle and, and, and tickle. He's not wanting to come up and just make you have, have a little buzz. Amen. He wants to come and abide in your life. The great blessing of God is His abiding. Abram had never known that before. He'd only known a God that he'd heard about from his ancestors. He'd heard about the stories way back to Adam and Eve. He knew the stories. He heard about the flood. Everyone did. They all knew those stories. And all of a sudden now this man has an encounter with God and he begins to be led and God abides with him. And here's the third thing, is the blessing is his using. The blessing is his using. Twice in Genesis 12 and the first four, voice, four, four verses, twice we are told, I'm going to bless through you. I'm going to bless through you. Verse 2, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. Verse 3, and you will all the families of the earth be blessed. Every one of us is designed for great purpose in our life. Every one of us. Ephesians 1 verse 11 in the Message Bible, listen to it. I think it just says this so beautifully and powerfully. It says it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we'd have first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on you, had designs on you for glorious living. Thank God. You know, I'm not against the stuff. I'm for it. Do I believe it? Of course I do because the Bible says it that it's there. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your need according to His riches and glory. Luke 6.38, you know, given it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. I believe all that. I pray for it every week. I believe it for our life. But I don't think that greatest blessing is something I get to park in my garage. I don't think the greatest blessing is how many rooms I've got in my house. I think the greatest blessing is, is He leading me? And if he's not leading you today, maybe today's the day you should say, Lord, tell me what you want me to do. Because it's in Christ, put it up again. It's in Christ that we find out who we are. It's in Christ that we find out what we're living for. He had all these plans for us. I believe in the blessing of God on resources and health and family, all of that. But the greatest blessing I know is he leadeth me. He leadeth me. The greatest blessing I know is he's with me. He's with me. And the greatest blessing I know is He's using me. Something's happening. And do you know what I found? And I'll finish with this. 
One of the strangest things that I've ever experienced in my life has been that it seems to me that God has used me the most when I have been at my weakest. When I've thought, God, I can't. I've got nothing to give. And believe it or not, there's been a few times in my life when I've said, God, I have nothing to give. I have no, nothing inside of me. I was talking with Mark the other day and Andrew about a time we were up in Cambodia and I hadn't long finished chemo, I think. And I remember being just so worn out of my body. And I went there and I, the other speaker apparently couldn't come. And so a lot more uh, responsibility came my way and, and they were very gracious in the way they looked after me and accommodated my frailty, I think. And there am I trying to put on a brave face. And I remember going up to each one of the staff gatherings and I'd go up there saying, God, God, you've got to help me today. I've got nothing. And I remember those times when the anointing of the Holy Spirit would come. I'd preach like I had the energy of 50 people. Like, you know, I'm prophesying and praying and it was amazing. And then I'd go back and just feel like Jeff again. And I learned a great lesson in that moment. That his using me is not dependent on how up I feel. Are you with me? Come on, because some of you aren't up right now. Some of you are struggling right now and you go to all God. And he's going, come on, I can use you. I want to lead you. I'm going to abide with you. And I'm going to use you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, bow your head with me for a moment. Father, we thank you for this morning. Oh God, your work is so wonderful and your plans are so vast and so great. None of us here have really got any idea. We catch a glimpse, but that's all we have of how wonderful you can do and minister through us. It's not our season of life. Some of us here retired, Lord, but you never ever said, well, I'll use you until you retire. Some of us here are just in high school, but you never said, well, I'll use you after you graduate. Some of us here, Lord, are newly married, but you never said, well, I'll wait till you've raised your family. Some of us here, Lord, are single, and you never said, well, I'll wait until you get a family. God, you want to use every single one of us, no matter who we are. There is no barrier in time or space. There's no barrier in circumstance. There is nothing in anyone's life that prevents you from using, oh God, but I'm too weak. Lord, don't you see I'm still struggling with that old thing out of my past? And he says, just say yes to me. Just follow me. I want to lead you. Father, we thank you for that today. In the mighty name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Can we sing it while we're seated? Just the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to sing it. I want you, if you need to this morning, right where you are. I want you to say, Jesus. I'll do what you want. I want to be led by you, not watch you. Come on, no matter who you are. You go, but Jeff, I don't know enough of the Bible. Well, neither do I. Jeff, I don't pray enough. No, neither do I. Jeff, I'm not spiritual enough. No, neither am I. Jeff, you don't understand. I'm not perfect yet. And I go, well, I'm obviously not. Come on. What a wonderful name it is, yeah. What a beautiful name it is. Jesus Christ, my King. 
What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus. You know, I've been feeling for a while. And so this is not just a spur of the moment thing, but I've been feeling for a while like so many of you, God has greatness waiting for you. Oh, I thank God for all we've done. I think it's wonderful. But what if, what if just ahead of us, there's something great that God wants from our life and He's there paused with an armful of gifts, an armful of everything, just saying, I was just waiting for you. Yes, really. I was just waiting for your invitation. Oh, I tell you what, I want to give it to him right now, don't you? I'm ready. Just while we sing it one more time, just where you are, I want you to do this. Don't do it in your head, do it under your breath, do it out loud, I don't mind. Just say to Jesus, I want to follow you, Lord. I want you to lead me and I want you to abide with me and I want you to use me. What a wonderful name. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ my King. What a wonderful name it is, nothing compares to this. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen. Just look this way a minute. Some of you here in this place have never given Jesus the first yes in your life. I meet people like this all the time. We had someone in our home recently there to do a tradesman's job. Turned out that his sister had started going to a church and that sparked in him an interest in God. Rhonda had said to him, you know, if you want to know more, why don't you join us online? Well, he came back a week or so ago. Said to Rhonda, I've been watching online with you. I was talking to Marcus Sardern this week. He was in a pen shop in Brisbane getting some stationery. The lady said to him, can you tell me more about what you believe? He said, why don't you go online with Metro Church? She wrote down the online address. So Barbara, if you're online with us, I'm saying, God bless you and thank you. We're praying for you. There are people all over the world that are saying, I want to give Jesus my yes. You will not be alone if you give Jesus your yes you'll be joining the hordes the thousands the millions that one day will stand around the throne of God if you want to give Jesus your yes here's how you do it send yes just that 0488826392 if you're in Australia that number is the number for you or if you prefer to get it via email our help that is or you're just Say that that's the way it works best for me. I'm outside of Australia. You go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, we'll help you. Our team will send you a Bible verse and a prayer every day. And we will start praying for you. Father, those people right now, wherever they are, online in the building, that need to say yes to you. 
that need to say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've been trying to lead my own way. And God, it's only brought me to emptiness. It's only brought me to a frustration and a wondering. Lord Jesus, today I'm asking You to come into my life to save me, forgive me, set me free. I want to follow You the rest of my life. Amen. 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 If you've just prayed that prayer with me, then why don't you send us your yes? 0488-826-392-yes.metrochurch.org.au I know my time's gone. That's all right. Cafe will be open out there in a minute. Don't forget the Northern Night of Prayer that's coming up Friday week. And this Saturday morning, this Saturday morning is the gorgeous, beautiful, delightful Metro Women Breakfast. It's going to be powerful for sure. And we'd love you to be a part of that. Let's stand together, sing this song. Let it resonate in our heart one more time before we go. If you're going home to a place where there's conflict or there's sickness, take the name of Jesus in there with you, won't you, as you go. Come on. Here we go. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is, yeah. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. Oh yeah. Nothing at all. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. Now, Pastor Ray's online. Prayer time there for everyone that needs their ministry time. And Kate and Fran are going to be back in the prayer space ready to pray with everyone that needs prayer. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Five o'clock tonight. Vicky, Life in the Spirit, teaching and opportunity to grow. It'll be fantastic. God bless.